to the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Hope everyone is having an amazing day. It is what today is the 9th. Yes, today is August 9th, 2022. It's interesting because yesterday was August 8th, so it was 8-8-2022. And I honestly feel like in eight double eights, yeah, new beginnings. I feel like there's a new... Not just a new chapter, not a new page, but a whole new book being written. My life. There are a lot of moments of sadness and crying, but at the same time, every time I'm done crying, I have this expectation filled with hope that God is up to some amazing things and I see the evidence of his goodness all around me just as that that song goes I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life (laughs) I don't even know what song is that too I'm trying to think what the chorus is anyway all right, what is some evidence? Evident, what's some evidence of God's goodness? He woke me up this morning, started me on my way. He's keeping me sane. My father. All right, so today was, no, yesterday was my Aunt B, Aunt Brenda's birthday. And so I sang her happy birthday, and I told her that I just pray that God would you know, I know it's hard for her because my dad was my dad was one of ten kids, the middle child, and his, but he was closest to my aunt Brenda, his older sister. She was like a lot of them called her mom because she was like the second mom in the home. You know, bossing everybody around and you know helping my grandmother out, my grandma Dorothy. Anyway, I could talk for days about this stuff. Let's keep it concise. All right, so. My dad and my mom were like, I mean, my dad and my aunt Brenda were very close. And so I know when he passed, like, I'm trying to think, she was probably the first person I want to say that I called. Other than after my brother and maybe my mom. I can't remember the order of people I called when I found out my dad passed. But Aunt B was definitely, I think, number two. And yeah, she was heartbroken and still, you know, dealing with it. And it was just a pleasure. It was it was a beautiful thing to be able to sing happy birthday to her in the style that my dad always sang. He always was to sing happy birthday the regular way, the Caucasian way. <laughs> and then he would always sing the Stevie Wonder style, you know, happy birthday to you. He would always do it. And then he would pray for you afterward. Yeah, I've heard him do that for multiple people. He did it for me. Yeah, that was his thing. So I got to do that for her today. I know that probably teared her up. I haven't even heard back from her yet. I, <laughs> I know she's probably very emotional, but uh, I told her, I was like, hey, hope you see some signs from heaven today. Just, you know, that, just so you know that my dad is still there, you know, cheering you on. And um, 
like some cardinals or something. And I kid you not, I saw at least, I want to say like three cardinals today. I saw people, this guy with a cardinal shirt. And I saw about five sightings of cardinals, actual bird cardinals. And then there was like a fake one, like hanging from somebody's tree. It was like a red cardinal, but it was like a a toy or something or a, um, what do you call it? A he calls little things like a wooden carving carved cardinal that was painted red. I noticed I just noticed everything. What else? Little signs from heaven, evidence of his goodness. So I'll try to make this quick. As many of y'all know, I've been single for a long time. Well, I like I've been divorced going on five years in January. Haven't had sex in three years. And yeah, I think the anniversary of that is coming up. It's August something. Last time I remember having sex. Um, and I haven't seriously dated anyone since Steffi Curry. That was in January. Like seriously dated them, like in a relationship, working toward marriage, right? And so yeah, it's. Hasn't been easy, right? Has not been easy. And um, by the grace of God, even with like masturbation, I didn't do it last night. And I'm going to do everything I can to not do it again tonight. Um, I really want my honeymoon with my wife to be special. A special, special time. For both of us. So part of that is... You know, abstaining from masturbating and looking at images of other women while I do it. Um, what else am I trying to say? All right. So a couple of days ago, I promise I'm about to get to Jeremiah 26, but I figured this is probably you guys' favorite part of the podcast. So story time with A.A. Ron. So, yeah, a couple this year. Was it? What day was that when I met? Let's look. Let's look. So I got our text. Oh, it's gonna be in in here. Messages. Okay, that was on Sunday. God's been like winking like crazy at me and it's sometimes overwhelming all right so on sunday i had this one woman in my car her name was hope and we're talking and had a great conversation i stopped took her to quick trip she offered to buy me drinks like from the store and anyway sweet lady great conversation her name was hope in my car she was telling me about singing karaoke and how she sang the song, I Will Always Love You. And I will always love you by Whitney Houston. Tell me why my son, when I pick them up later on. Okay. When did I hang out with my kids? When did I pick up Hope? Okay, that had to have been on Saturday when I picked up Hope. Yep, Saturday I picked up Hope. She sang 
she told me how she got up on and sang I Will Always Love You in front of the whole bar where she was at, right? That was Saturday. On Sunday, I hung out with my kids from 1 to 8 o'clock. And Aiden just starts randomly, my oldest son Aiden, just start randomly, in quotes, singing I Will Always Love You. And I was like, Aiden, why are you singing that song? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Um, something about, I was like, where did you learn about it? He's from Mommy or something. And, you know, um, the movie The Bodyguard. I don't know. I'm like, how do you know all this stuff? It's weird when you hear your kid. interesting when you hear your kids and realize what stuff they know how much they know they're like little computers so that was an interesting little wink and then on later on that sunday after i after i after i hung out with my kids i went to this oh even a few let's go back about a week no a few days prior to all that uh, there was this older guy, and he ran randomly in quotes tells me, "Be careful, don't pick up any wooden nickels." And I didn't think anything of it, you know. And apparently, it's a phrase that old for older folks would say for like counterfeit money, like or, or like uh, beware of like scams and counterfeits or whatever, and um. Wooden nickel, you know, wooden nickel's fake, of course, right? Tell me why on Sunday, right? I go, man, this is getting long. I'm trying to make this quicker, or almost done. I promise. S- Sunday night, I go and start Ubering. Oh, that was interesting too, because I picked up this one guy, and we had this whole conversation about divorce and all that. I'm getting all my days mixed up. Anyway, that's a different day. That was yesterday. See, I could talk forever. I need to write a book, I promise you, about my I've like the best Uber stories. Like I saw a naked man today. That's a whole other story. Dude just walking in the middle of the street, naked dude. I need to write this stuff down in a book. So much stuff is going on lately. All right, so Sunday night, stay focused here. I go and pick up. I I had to pick up this woman. Let's call her. I'm not gonna say her actual name. Can I say her real name? Oh yeah, I'll just call her Lexus, like the car. So I go. I had to pick up Lexus, and it's at this bar called the. What is the name of it called? It's called the Double Nickel. The double nickel, not the wooden nickel, the double nickel. So she comes out gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous young lady. Gets in my car and I had to take her somewhere downtown. And we're just talking, right? Talk, talk, talk. Having this great conversation, bonding over the fact that we both lost our dads. She lost her dad at age 60. I lost mine at age, you know, almost 65. She also lost her brother years ago. And um, 
she just been dealing with some stuff, right? In light in her personal life. But yeah, great conversation. She and she's like always heard like when a woman touches you at all, like puts her hand on your shoulder, just makes contact with you, period. She that's usually a sign that she's interested. Like once they touch you, like they're interested, like a lot when they ask you questions. A good way to know a woman is interested in you is if she asks you questions and she touches you, like makes physical contact in some way. Because if a woman doesn't like you at all, she ain't going to touch you. And she ain't going to ask you no questions. And so, um, yeah. And that's, anyway, that's just kind of like a hint to me I've learned over the years in my 35 years in this game. So, yes, she like is patting my, like she rubbed my shoulder like, gently as you know i told her about things going on in my life and my whole situation my father and anyway i drop her off she i've never had anybody one of my riders ever do this i've gone on i've done like i've i've hung out with two riders before but i initiated kind of like those those meetups whatever and got their information, like their Instagram, whatever, and then their number, whatever. But with her, she actually called me. Like, I get this call, like, a few minutes later after dropping her off. I didn't even know she could still call me and leaves a whole message with her phone number saying, yeah, saying she wouldn't normally do this, but she felt led to do it. And so anyway, we talk, we talk, we talk like via text like yeah text her my number and we talked back and forth and then today this morning we actually hung out for like a little while and then we're supposed to go out on a date tonight this evening i'm gonna take her to this mexican spot i like and so it's just funny oh so there's this guy in my car yeah, he today he gave me and he's a, he's a repeat rider. He gave me what did he give me? Like three, four bucks, I want to say. Yeah, because the other guy, this dude, spoke Spanish. He gave me seven. I can't remember the amount of what the money they gave me. Anyway, this is a nice guy. He gave me money. I picked him up from work, and when he got out of my car, he. A nickel fell out of his pocket into my seat, and I picked up the nickel, handed it to him, and I was like, "Hey, you dropped this." I'm surprised he didn't tell me just to keep it because he already gave me cash, but he took it back. And um, but it was like one of those like little winks, like I don't know. I connected a lot of dots. Everything I personally believe there's no such thing as coincidences at all. I had these twins in my car, too. My very first pickup was these twins. Anyway, they were fraternal twins, but they looked identical. All right, after spending 15 minutes just talking, we are in Jeremiah 26. <sighs> and I was probably all over the place, but oh well. At least I'll enjoy this recording later. I don't care if anybody... This like I always say, I'm kind of selfish. This podcast is way more for me than it is for anybody else. And if people happen to listen, then great. If they get something from it, great. If people, yeah. So there you go. 
Jeremiah's speech in the temple at the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Stand in the courtyard of the Lord's temple and speak all the words I have commanded you to speak to all Judah's cities that are coming to worship there. Do not hold back a word. Perhaps they will listen and turn each from his evil way of life so that I might relent concerning the disaster that I plan to do to them because of the evil of their deeds. You are to say to them, this is what the Lord says. If you do not listen to me by living according to my instruction that I set before you and by listening to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I have been sending to you time and time again, though you did not listen, I will make this temple like Shiloh. I will make this city an example for cursing for all the nations on the earth. Next heading is Jeremiah seized. The priests, the prophets, and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the temple of the Lord. When he finished the address, the Lord when he finished the address the Lord had commanded him to deliver to all the people or the address. <laughs> Immediately the priest, the prophets, and all the people took hold of him, yelling, You must surely die. I brought a little note that they said the same thing. They did the same thing to Jesus. Yeah, I'm putting notes. Crucify him. That's what they yelled about Jesus. And here they said, you must surely die. Verse 9, how dare you prophesy in the name of the Lord? Basically, who are you? This temple will become like Shiloh. This city will become an un- uninhabited ruin. Then all the people crowded around Jeremiah at the Lord's temple. When the officials of Judah heard about these things, they went from the king's palace to the Lord's temple and sat at the entrance of the new gate of the Lord's temple. Then the priest and prophets, uh, priests and prophets said to the officials and all the people, "This man deserves the death sentence because he has prophesied against this this city, as you have heard with your own ears." Then Jeremiah said to all the officials and all the people, The Lord sent me to prophesy all the words that you have heard against this temple and city. So now correct your ways and deeds and obey the Lord your God so that he might relent concerning the disaster he had pronounced against you. And it's how you always, I feel like personally, that's how you always know the spirit of the Lord is behind someone. And they truly are prophesying is if they turn the words, it's not so much about the wording, but just like if there's a spirit behind it that causes people to repent of their, like they're going one direction and they turn to God, like turning the hearts of people to God, to praise God, to worship him and to obey him. If the person is like talking a bunch of jibba jabba, it can be great. It can be very scholarly. It can be very intellectual. But personally, if it doesn't turn people to Christ and cause them to want to repent and follow him, then it probably isn't like from God. It's not a spirit from God. It's just my personal opinion, like how to discern whether or not you can get in some deep philosophical conversations about this. And somebody probably could debate me all day about what I just said. I'm not here for debates. All I'm saying is this, this is my personal opinion. Verse 14, 14, as for me, 
Here I am in your hands. Do to me what you think is good and right. But know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city, and on its re- residents. For it is certain that the lo- Boy, I'm struggling. I'm so sleepy. For it is certain the Lord has sent me to speak all these things directly to you. Jeremiah released. Then the officials and all the people told the priests and prophets, This man doesn't deserve the death sentence, for he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Hmm. Some of the elders of the land stood up and said to the assembled people, Micah, the Morishite, prophesied in the days of King Hezekiah of Judah and said to all the people of Judah, this is what the Lord of armies says, Zion will be plowed like a field, Jerusalem will become ruins, and the temple's mountain will be a high thicket. Did King Hezekiah of Judah and all the people of Judah put him to death? Did not the king fear the Lord and plead for the Lord's favor? And did not the Lord relent concerning the disaster he had pronounced against them? We are about to bring a terrible disaster on ourselves. Mm. The prophet Uriah, I put a little note, not the prophet, not Uriah the Hittite who was killed by David, Bathsheba's wife. The prophet Uriah. Another man was also prophesying in the name of the Lord, Uriah, son of Shemaiah from Kirath-Jerim. He prophesied against this city and against this land in words like all those of Jeremiah. King Jehoiakim, all his warriors, and all the officials heard his words, and the king tried to put him to death. When Uriah heard, he fled in fear and went to Egypt. But King Jehoiakim sent men to Egypt, El-Nathan, son of Akbar, Akbor and certain other men went with him. Certain other men with him went to Egypt. They brought Uriah out of Egypt and took him to King Jehoiakim, who executed him with the sword and threw his corpse into the burial place of the common people. But Ahiakim, son of Shephan, supported Jeremiah, so he was not handed over to the people to be put to death. I will know this God's favor. It's good to have somebody to vouch for you for your character and stand up for you hmm poor Uriah he was a martyr so here's an example of like on one hand one person had to die but one person lived both people were doing what the Lord's work but yeah so we see that some a lot of things in Christianity and this life just don't make sense, but they make sense to God. And just because we're following the Lord, we always need to be ready to to stand face to face to Him. You know, one of my biggest fears is like Jesus returning, or you know. Or some, you know, the end of the world coming, and I'm doing something I really shouldn't be doing, like just completely wilding out, or in the middle of looking at some inappropriate images or something like that, you know, like lusting after a woman on the internet and masturbating, right? Caught in the middle of that. <laughs> um, I'm, I know God would have grace for it, but I don't know. When I'm, when am I? Almost, I don't know how I got on that. What I'm trying to say is we always need to be ready, like be in a position and ready to see the Lord, like 
face to face. Like even as I go to sleep tonight, I know I've I know there's people that pass away in their sleep all the time, you know. And so knowing every time I go to bed, it's only the grace of God that I wake up the next day, right? And um Yes, at any moment, just because we're a Christian, we're not guaranteed to live 85 to 100 years or whatever. Um, you could pat. I knew one young lady. She was one of the most impactful people in her youth group at the church I used to go to, um, Lee Summit, Abundant Life. And she apparently passed away at like 16. She drowned. And um, she only got 16 years, right? God has given me 35 years. And a lot of times I'm like, man, God, you gave her 16 or you give these other people five years, eight years, 13, 20. And you've given me 35 years on this earth. And I just shake my head and just thank, yeah, and just gratitude. Like it hasn't been, you know, all hunky dory, all like a bed of roses, but I'm thankful for 35 years, right? Not everybody gets that. I just even just thought today, like my dad was at this age when I was born. My dad was 35 when I was born. Is that right? Yeah. Because he's 30 years older than me. And so he just got another 30, almost 30 years on this earth, right? What if I only got 30 more years? What if I only got three more years? Like, what if I only got three more days? What if I only got three more hours? How am I living my life in a way that honors the Lord and made an impact? Not just an impact for me, you know, making my name famous, but an impact for God's kingdom. And so, even in the tiniest way, it doesn't always have to be in a big way. It can be in tiny ways. So... All right. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Let's read these Tony Evans notes. The message recorded here was actually delivered earlier than the previous one at the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, probably in 609 to 608 B.C. Rather than repenting, the priests, the prophets, and all the people were so furious at Jeremiah for his prophecy of doom for the temple in Jerusalem that they wanted to kill him. They even dragged him to the temple for a trial. The city officials gathered at the new gate of the Lord's temple where the priests and prophets themselves called for the death penalty on God's spokesman, another indication of how far Judah had sunk into sin. It's another telltale sign when you're really deep in sin, like deep in rebellion, is you don't want to be corrected. Like you don't, when you are corrected, you lash out in anger at the people who are correcting you or who are, um, what's the word? What's the word I'm trying to think of? Rebuke. When they're rebuking you.
Remember that when you faithfully proclaim God's truth, it's backed by his authority, not yours. Also notice that in his approach, Jeremiah was not simply bashing his people and giving them no chance to turn away God's wrath. He offered hope. That was a hope word. The secular officials and the people... Let me go back. Let me go back. Remember that when you faithfully proclaim God's truth, it's backed by his authority, not yours. Also, notice that in his approach, Jeremiah was not simply bashing his people or giving them no chance to turn away God's wrath. Turn, no chance to turn away God's wrath. He offered hope. That's one of the biggest things I try to do when I'm in my car and I have all these different people riding. I always want to be an ambassador of hope and point people to Jesus. And it's not always... You know, I don't always have some like super sermon or clever sales, Christian sales pitch to give people. A lot of times it's just planting these little seeds, just, you know, praying, like whispering, praying for them while they're in my car, not saying anything, but just praying in the spirit for that person. Um, or having worship music, you know, playing, or, you know, I have my Christian rap playing, or, you know, I have my little wristband, and I'm shocked at how many people actually notice it. They'll make comments about my little wristband. It says Team Jesus on it, and it has John 3.16, and, you know, John 14.6 on it, and um, people, like, my prayer, biggest prayer is, like, when people get in my car, they just notice a difference in the atmosphere. Like, they come in, and they just sense God's presence in that car, and um anyway what was i trying to say and when god does give me like words to say to somebody i always like have especially lately just been like you know what god this person could not like anything i have to say not want to have anything to do with christians and you know um could very well give me a bad rating and uh but lord i just pray that these words would come from you right and that the seeds would be planted in that person's heart and they somebody else will come along and water it and uh provide the sunshine and that seed will grow and harvest into a harvest of righteousness that person would have a desire to have a relationship with you, Jesus. That's that's my heart's desire for every single person that gets in my car. And I'm not always the greatest. I have my moments where I'm like, man, I could have done better in that situation or I could have been a better witness or um, I took these two guys to a casino one night and one of them asked me to play this, one of Kanye West's older songs from his... um one of his more secular albums, the Dark Twisted Fantasy, whatever album, it was some song that they liked. And I was like, I, I agreed to play it for them. And I was like, kind of felt dirty afterward. Like, man, why did I do that? I should have just put my foot down. Yeah, because the guy I first wanted to vape in my car and I told him no. And then he asked me for a song request. I said, sure. In you, in the past, when I've had people ask for song requests, I usually say only if it's clean. That's usually my rule when someone asks for a song request. It has to be a clean song where it doesn't degrade women or it doesn't have cursing in it or talk about sex or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, I think that song that I played for them had some 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 stuff in it, some cursing and stuff. But um, I don't know. I don't later down the line. I don't know how you know that's gonna play out. Maybe they did see my wristband and they say, "Oh, here's a cool Christian dude." Who's, I don't know. I hope they don't think I'm like somebody who compromises. But in that moment, I guess I did a little bit. But ultimately, I want them to see like, "Oh, he's down to earth. He ain't like super religious and trying to like tell us how bad or evil we are." You know, I don't know. Somehow, some way, I hope. I planted a seed. I was playing some like Christian rap before that, before they asked me to put on that song. But I don't know. It's, I, one of my biggest fears is, I want to say fear. One of my biggest concerns is just all the different people that I had opportunities to sh- to share Christ with, and I didn't do it, or you know I wasn't a light at the time. I was being a hypocrite in some type of way, and I realized I came to a realization recently like at the end of the day don't I believe that God is sovereign that he's powerful he's omnipotent he's omniscient and if he really wants to get somebody's attention and draw them close to him in an intimate relationship you know just like me and this young lady, Alexis, are courting each other, right? And it's like a back and forth messaging and, you know, flirtations and all that. And, and then now we're making, you know, we're going to go on a date later tonight. And just like, that takes effort, you know, planning and thinking and, you know, how can I impress this person and, you know, make, you know, make them happy and, and um, show them that I like them and want to get to know them better. And, and little words that you say to that person that she said to me to indicate that she really likes me. And she even said how much she looked forward to seeing me. Things like that. Jesus does the same thing every single day. He has these ways of letting us know that he desires an intimate relationship with us. So even if I am not up for the task to be the hands and feet of Jesus to somebody in that moment, God will send other people. He will always send other people. He'll send somebody else if you don't stand up. So he'll send somebody else, and he has his ways of getting that person's attention. So that kind of like let, not to say that that lets me off the hook, but I'm not going to always bat a thousand with every single person that gets in my car is what I'm saying. And that's what, the same thing with everything in Christian, the Christian walk. Like, we're not, not everybody's Billy Graham, you know. Some of us are just the security that stood outside of the Billy Graham crusades, you know. And God can use them. Some of us are just the taxi, not her. They had taxi drivers back then. I'm sure there was Christian taxi drivers that ministered to people. Some of us, so yeah, just the Uber drivers, you know who pick up and take, you know, anyway, y'all get what I'm saying. God can use anybody. And I feel like that's a word for somebody that might be under the heavy weight of like, I know for me, especially when I was younger, I felt this weight of like, I got to save everybody. I got to shoot everybody with this Bible machine gun. And, uh, you know, 
witness to everyone and get everybody saved and like yeah be this radical christian and that proves that i'm a good you know servant of god and so when i stand before him they'll say job well done good and faithful servant i'm like paul you know pat on the back it's like no like not everybody is apostle paul like there's a lot of people out here that aren't like in the bible who weren't like apostle paul but jesus still used them rahab the prostitute as far as i know she only saved a handful of folks but she's in the great hall of fame in in the bible right one like one deed she protected the spies those spies or whatever that were about to be attacked in uh what was it um and i'm talking about in gomorrah sodom and gomorrah go back and read the story about rahab the prostitute but yes Just like in the beginning of this intro song of this podcast, Jesus is using me and can use you too. And he's using you even if you don't feel like he is, even at your worst, even at your rock bottom, even your stages of hypocrisy. We're all hypocrites. Um, even when we're not even fully living for Christ, not saying just go out, live your own wild way, but even when we're not, he will use that too. your wild phases of life. We out here slipping and tipping and all the other things you do. He will use that to build his kingdom. Some of the greatest Christians I know have the most jacked up past. Yeah. Richard Burris, my old pastor in St. Louis, St. Louis Christian Center and World Outreach Center. No, no, it was called Transformation Christian Church and World Outreach Center, TCCWOC, right there on my page. I think it's still going. Priscilla's Burris is pastor in now. Anyway, let's leave Tangent Town and finish these last notes. The secular officials and the people did what the nation's spiritual leaders should have done. They recognized and authenticated God's true word spoken by his true prophet and then led the way in repentance. The secular officials. Hmm. Some of the wisest elders cited a precedent for listening to rather than executing Jeremiah, the case of the prophet Micah, who brought a similar message during the reign of Hezekiah. That king listened to God's people, listened to God's prophet, and led Judah in repentance that delayed judgment. This Uriah was an otherwise unknown prophet of Jeremiah's time. Given what happened to him, Jeremiah had plenty of cause to be on edge. Mm, yeah, imagine you see this other prophet killed, like thinking that's that's what's about to happen to me. But just just think of the confidence that it gave Jeremiah when he was spared and he felt God's hand on his life. Since God's favor, I've been noticing that in my own life when I've been in situations where I was scared, you know. I, doing this uber stuff i've driven in some really bad neighborhoods parts of kansas city at nighttime on some streets that yeah make you want to you know keep your head on a swivel lock doors shoot that's anywhere i've been you know sometimes i get a little you know a little anxious a little paranoid like late at night especially on like from two to four in the morning and you're pulling up to these random people's houses and apartments and you don't know who's going to come out and you hear all these stories about people being attacked and cars stolen and robbed and all that. And 
but there's these things that happen. I see them. And it's just confirmation that I'm God is his favor is on me. Like his protection is around me. And I, I'm thankful every day. Yes. I forgot to say it today. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me home safe. Every time I come home, I don't take it for granted. I'm like, Lord, anything could have happened to me today. But thank you for protecting me and surrounding me with the angels, even on the highways, you know, and people running red lights and drunk drivers on these highways and roads. You know, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me, for bringing me home safely. It's not I don't take it for granted anymore. And so, Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you that this is the day you have made. I can and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, let's pray for Alexis. I, you know, her real name, God. I just pray, God, that you just ooh, help this relationship once again to remain pure and us to understand the nature of our relationship even though we're both at a time where we desire romance and love and affection and all that and sex, all that, all the above. We desire companionship. We desire it all, Lord. If it's not the person I'm supposed to be with long-term in marriage, Lord, help it be very clear. And um, especially on her end, because, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't have the greatest, yeah, I'm in a very vulnerable state right now, God. Pray for also other people out there dealing with the same thing. They're in dating relationships and getting to know somebody. And there's that desire, you know, sometimes there's these red flags that pop up. Help us to not look at people's red flags, but see them as opportunities of grace and opportunities to pray for that person. Not to um, but still have boundaries, God, that are led by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that that will call that will not that we would not be led into sin, led into temptation that will cause us to grieve your Holy Spirit. And even if we do grieve the Holy Spirit and are led into sin, I pray that we'd be quick to repent, quick to say sorry, and quick to flee from whatever that is, whether it's fornication or you just know good and well that's not the person you're supposed to marry. I just pray that there'd be these clean breaks in relationships to where people would not be hurt. People will not be angry and people will not be sad. They will not, yeah. But they will just be able to move on to the next stage of their life. Anyway, God, yes, God, I'll just pray for this relationship with Alexis, God, and her daughter and all of the things going on in her life and all the people out here dating. Uh, what else, God? Let's pray as I go to sleep tonight. Surround me with their angels, fill me with their power, your love, your joy. And just thank you for this podcast and all the people that are listening to it and are hopefully being blessed by it. And um, just thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' mighty, precious name, I pray. And yeah, pray for these St. Louis Cardinals. I pray that they will win the World Series again this year. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark, or veered off the path, and fallen short of the glory of God, or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. 
Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen. Lord Jesus, give me water. I know Jesus gave me water. Jesus gave me water. And it was not from the well. Singing Jesus gave me water. I know Jesus gave me water.